I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. Oh, welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com, sitting in that eighth seed. What you got for me, Azakaris? The Mavs are currently tied for the eighth seed in the Western Conference, and this is a monumental moment considering how uh, the whole freaking season started. It is it is quite quite remarkable the Mavericks have went six and eight. Over the past, uh, or six and eight, six, uh, won six out of their last uh, eight games. Uh, and then you consider the, you know, this is back-to-back Saturday nights. I just wrote this. I was like, back-to-back Saturday nights that they've uh, beaten two conference finals teams uh, yeah. that were in the conference finals the past two seasons, or, you know, last year. But now, obviously, Steph and Draymond was not with Golden State last Saturday, but still some some huge wins over the uh, the course of this whole like streak and it's crazy that the Mavericks were the second worst team in the West at one point a few weeks ago and now they're tied for the eighth seed in the West right now. And the team that they dismantled by fifty points is now the second worst team in the West, the Utah Jazz. They're only nine and eleven, but still they're the second worst team in the West right now. Tied with Minnesota. Um, the number one team in the West, the Los Angeles Clippers. Wow. Setting at twelve and six. Who would have guessed? All right, we'll uh, we'll go through all that today. What we're gonna get to is we're gonna talk about the Trey Young quote. We haven't actually got to it on the podcast yet, uh, where Trey Young said that he uh, he said he's better than a certain Mavs rookie. Um, he's just throwing some shade at Jalen Brunson. No, just kidding. He threw it at Luca. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Luca and Jalen Brown moment where Jalen threw his shoulder into Luka Doncic, and we'll talk about that moment because some things happened with that. And then uh, we'll just give any other thoughts that we're thinking about the Mavericks right now. But that's what we got on the on the slate today. Isaac. So the Mavericks are sitting in the eighth seed. They're tied for the eighth seed right now. They're 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 completely five hundred, along with the Pelicans, the Kings, the Mavericks, and the Rockets. It's kind of incredible where they're sitting right now. And you mentioned it earlier that the Mavericks have have had this stretch. And I'm working on a video. It's my ten things. It should be out on Tuesday. Um, and one of the 10 things is the Mavs just beating all of these teams that they shouldn't beat, but they're beating all these teams in turmoil. They had this stretch starting November 6th, and then it, go, it stretches all the way to December 8th, where there's all these playoff teams, and then throw in like the Bulls and the Nets in there. But the Wizards, the Jazz twice, the the Thunder, the Warriors, the, the Grizzlies, the Celtics, then the Mavericks play the Rockets twice, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Blazers, and the Pelicans. That's this stretch that they're in right now. And like you said, they're 6-2 and two in this stretch. It's, it's insane. But in those wins, they've beaten all these teams that are just in utter, like, complete turmoil. Like, the biggest stories in the NBA right now. The Wizards, all their stuff that they've, you know, they've been going through with trade rumors and whatever the heck Dwight Howard's going through right now. And, uh, you know, tr- you know uh, yelling at coaches and John Wall going off and everybody's available. All that kind of stuff. The Jazz, we just mentioned they're, you know, Second worst record in the West right now. They've lost um, four. No, they they've lost two. They lost five out of their last seven games <laughs> since the Mavericks destroyed them. Um, 
The Thunder, they're kind of they're, they're good. They've kind of righted the ship. The, the Warriors, they're in this stretch. The, when the, they lost to the Mavericks, they they lost four in a row, and I think that they're, um, man, the Warriors. They they've lost four games in a row, including loss to the Mavs, and then there's a stretch of like they went twelve and seven, which is like one of the worst starts to their seasons in you know five years or so. And then the Celtics, the Celtics have lost eight out of the last twelve games including that loss to the Mavericks. Like, what is up with all these teams <laughs> going through all this stuff? Like, are the Mavericks causing this to all these teams? They just get completely depressed. and like, like if, oh, man. Um, for my preseason bold prediction to happen for the Celtics, <laughs> they would have I'm to pretty win sure out. they'd have to go undefeated and win out the rest of the season. <laughs> um, uh, but no, yeah, I thought the Celtics would uh, have the best record in the NBA this year, and uh, they obviously do not, and probably will not. Uh, but man, the the wild wild west right now—it's crazy because you know the Clippers at that number one spot—they have six losses. It's like I feel like I should have looked at it beforehand, like this date back last season. But I feel like the first like couple of seeds would have you know like I don't know like three losses by now. Well, maybe you're, some... looking, you're looking at a Rockets team that. You know, went had sixty five wins, and then a couple years before, you're looking at a Warriors team that had seventy two, you know, seventy three wins. You're looking at these teams that had this ex- historic pace, and we're seeing right now that all these West teams are just beating the crap out of each other. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's just a get in the ring and let's fight it out every single night. And I mean, the fact that Dallas is in a four team tie with the eighth seed in the, in the West, and they have nine losses. And Golden State is sitting in the two spot in the West with seven losses. That's just two two more losses. I mean, two more losses than Golden State if you're the Mavericks. And you know, and then you have some. You know, you you can make up some ground over these next couple games. I mean, the next three games for the Mavericks, they have Houston coming up on Wednesday. And man, I mean, first matchup for Luca against the Rockets. Mavs fans hate the Rockets and James Harden, and just that will be such a fun game. Then you got the Lakers again with LeBron and all that stuff. And, hey, they, let's swap jerseys again. They and, have been beaten by the Magic twice yes. already, already this season. The Magic. I'm glad that you brought that up, Nick. I'm proud. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. <laughs> They're going through all their turmoil. You know, they, they've had some stuff. They've been, they've been better than they were at the beginning of the season, but Rondo's out. Uh, Lonzo has been sitting games at the end of you know fourth quarters, and it's just it's a very odd situation over in, over in L.A. Um, then in the next home game for the Mavericks, you know, after they play Houston, after they play LA on this road trip uh, during the middle of the week, you know, the next home game for the Mavericks is the Clippers at home next Sunday, and uh, this game that is, you know, normally looked at of like, oh, it's the Clippers ever since they let go of their, you know, Lob City and stuff, but now it's like, holy crap, the Clippers, the best team in the West right now, record wise. So over uh, under twelve field goal attempts for DeAndre Jordan. Ooh. I'm going going over. Yeah, I'm going over. (laughs) Five post-ups that Carlisle will be furious at. Oh, my gosh. On Gortat. But no, the the West is just it, it's it's just wide open right now. I'm waiting for it. Like you just never know. You know, we listen to Woj and Bobby Marks. I listened to Bobby Marks on the Hoops Hype podcast today, and them just talking about how teams are like already talking, like the trade market and how this wide open Western Conference and just te- where teams are at right now. It's just it's just crazy, and how it could affect trades. How could you know? How is it going to affect teams wanting to just go all in and say, hey, like we could jolt up the standing if we make a move or we could not and just ride the ship and 
you know, when you got a team like Utah that there were a lot of people out there that thought Utah would be like the two seed in the West. And I know this is super early. We're only like 20 games in the season, basically. But still, like, they're the... 14th seed in the in the West right now. You know, it's not even a seat, but well, they're only just, four and a half games out of first place. So, yeah, like that's the, that's the <laughs> you know, craziest thing. I mean, Phoenix is literally the only team that's just done. Like, just tank it, tank it out, guys. Like, um, they're just com- they're completely out of it. You know, we thought Sacramento would be down there, and you know, whoever else, but the West is crazy. And uh, if you know, it's it's almost a fun game every single night unless you're playing somebody in the East. Well, even the East has fun teams. I mean, Detroit has been a you know a team that's been more fun than we thought they were going to be. The uh, the Magic have apparently been a, <laughs> more fun of a team than we thought they were going to be. With Vuce, I mean Vucevic is, is he's killing people. <laughs> Vucevic yeah. destroys the the Lakers. Like he he scores thirty five points every single time he sees purple and gold on the other side. Um, but so we talk about all this. We mention how the Mavericks are in this position. And uh, coming up next, which by the way, we we always do this. We we say we're going to talk about one thing, and then we go on to these rants on something else. Why do we even say we're going to talk about stuff? Um, let's talk about the two lot the, the three losses that are going to really haunt the Mavericks. Coming up next. Ooh. All right, Isaac. So looking back, so the Mavericks have this very weird. They have very weird wins and very weird losses so far. Can we agree? Can we both agree to that? Yes, absolutely. They've ha- they have wins over the Celtics, the Warriors. They have wins over, um, yeah, win- Celtics, Warriors, Thunder, who've been really good. Yeah, that huge win over the Jazz, and then they have these losses to the Hawks and the Suns and the Knicks. Those three losses are the Mavericks are going to look back all season. And yes, they were a different team back then, but wh- how are they a different team? Like, do you think if they played those games again and they're going to, they're going to get a chance to play, you know, the, the, uh, Suns again, they'll get to play the Hawks again. They'll get to play the Knicks again. How is this team going to be different than they were when they lost those, those terrible losses that we're going to look back on and say, man, if they, if they hadn't lost those, those three games, if the Mavericks had just won those three games, where would they be right now? They would be 12 and six. They would be second right now in the West. <laughs> that'd be crazy um well first off the phoenix game i almost throw out the very first game of the season no matter what it's just the first game teams like there's just hardly any scouting reports on each other besides preseason um yeah i feel I almost view it like the nfl like anybody can beat anybody uh on the very first game yeah of if the you season. look back at the first game of the nfl you're you're saying man drew Brees is done <laughs> They got destroyed by the the Buccaneers and yeah. they're out of it. Now the probably the best team in the, the NFL right now, maybe besides they the literally Rams. have they literally haven't lost a game since that first first <laughs> loss. The Saints have won like ten in a row, but no. So like I kind of throw the Phoenix game out, and plus Harrison Barnes didn't play in that game, um, so th- that was a you know that was a key part. And where how would the Mavericks uh, do now, or what would make it different now? Is Harrison's in the groove now? Like even the the Hawks game. I don't know what you know what, what game of the season was that Hawks game? Um it was one of the one of the first. I think it was one of the first 5. It was game number I feel like Harrison had just got back. Game number 4. Harrison got back the next game against the Raptors. Okay, so two, so two of those really bad losses, you're missing your leading scorer from last season. 
and arguably your second best player on the team behind Luka Doncic. And so like, yeah, what's different now? Not only is Harrison back when he wasn't even playing for those two games, but he is back into the groove. Uh, he's hit five threes over the past two, you know, each of the past two games. So it's not, he seems like he stepped into this new role, newer role alongside Luka and he's doing, you know, really well with that. Um, what was it? Oh, the next game. Oh gosh, I don't even like thinking about the next game. The next game was literally <laughs> the. I mean, it was. I, we said it then, but I think that was one of the worst losses I've. I don't know. Been in a building for for the past like three years. And since that loss, what are they? They're seven and two. That that really that game was kind of the turning point. Gosh, that was that was an embarrassing loss. You know, I was thinking about this today. What what has been the best win? I mean, besides the Jazz fifty point win. Yeah, besides that, like the Warriors. What, is the, what see? Okay, I I I gravitated to the Warriors, but I almost like I know Boston is doing really bad right now. But that Boston win was huge for me, just because they weren't so, missing two All Stars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they're missing you know, Gold, one, but not really. Golden State was just they're just going through stuff right now, and I'm not writing that off. That was a heck of a win, and that probably is the best win of the season. But I lean towards Boston because. It's just they had everybody. They have such a deep team. Marcus Smart and then you guys coming off the bench. And it's just the biggest thing um, is just their defense. Dallas's defense and how they've uh, really improved from that first week of the season and given up that 26-point lead to the Hawks. And uh, and then, or yeah, giving it up. And now where they're at right now defensively, I think it's a whole different and where I mean, you got to give, which is really funny. The people that were calling for Rick Carlisle's head uh, after the first like week or two of the season, uh, the crickets are out right now. But where Rick has adjusted his rotations and adjusted these minutes and putting West in the second unit some and letting Dorian really uh, kind of open his wings and get outside of the nest and fly on his own and see what it, actually he is. And didn't you like that Dodo reference? <laughs> Trying to go for your <laughs> very smooth, Isaac. For, very, very smooth. Very smooth. To, to I make the good <laughs> reference and then to reference the reference after. <laughs> uh, but no, speaking of Dodo, you know how many people's reached out about playing Ark, which is crazy. <laughs> I still don't even know what that is. I'm assuming it's a video game. Uh, yes, it's a video game I played a while back. But um, but anyway, no, yeah, the difference between that first part of the season, I think their defense is much better. Harrison's in a groove now. And Carlisle's rotations are much different now. That would be the biggest three things of how they're different from the beginning of the season. Definitely. And with that Celtics win, you put up 113 points against the best defensive team in the NBA. Yeah. There's, despite yeah. all their struggles, they're still number one in defensive rating. Yeah. Heck of a defensive team. No matter how much of a funk they're in offense-wise, like, yeah, they're really good on the defensive end. And what Luke and them could do to them the other night was uh, remarkable. Since we're talking about the Celtics already, let's uh, let's move things around and let's talk about any other thoughts that we have about the Celtics game, and then we'll talk about the Luca versus Jalen moment. Um, so we mentioned in the reaction pod on Sunday, and if you want to go back, we had audio from Carlisle, we had audio from Harrison Barnes. You got to hear his full post game um, scrum, you know, the media scrum with everybody. You can hear the voices, and you can try to guess who's asking questions <laughs> at what point. It's kind of fun to do that. Um, we were we were wondering how did Dorian do guarding Kyrie because from the eye test from us it looked like he did a great job we talked about it a lot we talked about his defense Carlisle talked about his defense and how it was you know great so Kyrie was guarded by Dorian for 29 possessions that was by far the most possessions that Kyrie was guarded by from any Mavericks player he went three of seven from the field 
Oh, zero for two from three point land. He had three assists and one turnover. Hmm. Now, it's it, that's fairly pedestrian, you know, yeah. shooting stats and assist stats. And it's not like he completely shut him down. But for twenty nine possessions, Kyrie is you know only took seven shots and had three assists. I feel like that's a huge win. <laughs> I feel like the, the eye test and the stats kind of match up in that way. Heck yeah! I mean, that's what I'm glad that you could pull that uh, stat now that. We didn't have that after the immediately after the game the other night, but yeah, I mean it fits right in what we were talking about that first quarter, and you know they came out and put Finney Smith on on Kyrie from the opening tip uh, instead of Wes Matthews, and you just seen his his length kind of what it did to Kyrie, and he had two points that first quarter, and um, really the, just that whole lineup in general was just they scored thirty two points in the quarter. <laughs> I mean that was uh, I mean what a heck of a quarter. And something that the Mavericks have been known for to start the season or these slow starts where they get in the hole and they can't score and everything. It was completely different. I mean, it was just off to the you know races right off the beginning. And I'm pretty sure, I want to say there were like six for six on threes to start the quarter, uh, which is crazy. But like Harrison and Wes and Luca and it was just, yeah, that first quarter was insane. And I, I really think that a key part of that was Finney Smith's defense on Kyrie. And being able to put him on, you know, Kyrie, and then trying to figure out who Kyrie is going to guard on the other end. Uh, Kyrie guarded Luka for 15 possessions. Luka went 3 of 4 from the field. He was 1 of 1 from from three-point land, had two assists and zero turnovers. So uh, he did pretty well. (laughs) So anytime they tried to hide Kyrie on somebody, they were able to, you know, they were able to to match it at least. Great great defense, Kyrie. (laughs) Well, he's not known for that. Um, Okay, let's move on to... The uh, let's move on to the Luca Jalen moment. So can I give a shout out real quick? Shout out to Jason Terry for being at the game. Yeah, and also shout out to Pat Mahomes. To yes, Pat Mahomes was in the, the audience. for being at the game the other night. Uh, Does he have cool. a connection besides Texas Tech to anybody? I don't know if he has like a personal connection. Somebody's, somebody's screaming at me right now on their couch or in their car. I didn't, you know, he just has the Texas ties, but I don't know, like a personal, like he's best friends with, you know, such a player or something like that. I don't know that. Also, small, just small tidbits from that game before we move to the Jalen thing. Jalen Brunson's like eight minutes or just spot minutes that he played. He played. Carlos specifically mentioned that in his post game press conference of how, like, even though he jumped in there and played a few minutes, Salah too, but Brunson. And he had that huge play. I mean, it was like a momentum shifter. I'm pretty sure Carla used that word too, the momentum shifter, and how Brunson like got the ball. I'm pretty sure it was a walk, uh, but it looked cool to where he just brought the ball up over like two defenders and looked like he was kind of stumbling, but he just kept on going. And then he had the A and one layup, and <clears throat> yeah, that play and just the that's where you see experience come into play of somebody like Jalen Brunson. Uh, with the college experience that he's had and to where when you have somebody like him and you say, hey, not all rookies can be called upon for a five or six minute stretch and say, hey, go in there and play high level basketball in a five minute stretch. Not all players can do that. And the fact that Jalen really his experience and just kind of how far how far along he is already he can he has that ability to say, hey, we'll throw we'll you'll be like our third guard off the bench behind JJ and Devin. We'll throw you in there. And they trust him enough and he can have big plays like that, even in these spot minutes without being warm or something like that. That's really impressive for a young guy like Brunson. Completely agree. Love Jalen Brunson. Don't think I would trade Jalen Brunson for Markel Fultz. 
The uh, I'm holding the, true to that one. That that's my hot take of the the week. Dorian Finney-Smith going over five from three. Uh, we texted some about it. I, the only thing I want to say about that he's is he's over nine in his last two games. I feel like it kind of reminds me of of Maxi's little stretch there. It's almost like they they were hitting so many threes to where they got kind of I don't want to say cocky, but a little overconfident with their ability to shoot. They start threes. taking more. You know, they start taking shots. more, but they start taking like more off balance. Yeah. Like they were hitting these threes when they're open, their feet set, they had the time, like they got it. And now you're seeing like Dorian try to like, you know, they just seem more off balance, seem a little rushed. Maxi was the same way a few weeks ago. Now it feels like it's Dorian. So I think he'll calm down. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll, it'll regress. Hopefully not all the way back to the, <laughs> to the norm because last two years he shot 29% from three, but um, it, yeah, he was not going to shoot 46% and be seventh in the league in three point shooting the entire yeah. season. That was kind of, uh, it's high expectations. That's, that's a lot for sure. Okay. So Jalen versus Luca. It's a thing became a thing. Do you have the, the tweet in front of you from uh, the Celtics reporter from actually from the Celtics? This is like the Bobby Corrala of the Celtics. All right. So this is Mark D'Amico. Uh, his Twitter bio says he's a Celtics reporter slash analyst. He manages the official Celtics team content. Um, yeah, so, so he's like looks, the Bobby Corolla. Um, yes, sure, yes. Um, but like, but like more stuff, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, so he, if people thought that we were biased, yeah, uh, towards yeah. the Mavericks, <laughs> um, on Twitter, we didn't talk about this, this moment very much yesterday. Or this podcast, then um, this was his tweet, and I just quote tweeted it last night and just had an emoji of just laughing because uh, that's all you can do from it. This is his tweet last night. He tweeted a video of of uh, Jalen lowering his shoulder into Luca, by the way. But he says, Doncic was just talking smack and staring someone down instead of looking up court, and he ran right into Jalen Brown. Yet Doncic is upset. Was Brown supposed to get out of Doncic's way because he wasn't looking? Question mark. And then he replies to his own tweet and says, Jalen Brown was assessed a technical. That's embarrassing. No, bro. That your tweets are embarrassing, homie. What are you talking about? Said, I don't understand. He like, said homie. I don't I don't How can like I okay. Like I feel like weirdly, like we 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 really hype up Luka Doncic, but we'll like how many times have we said on this podcast, bro? He he's he's a minus defender. Like he gets blown past. He's not the greatest defender in the world. Like we can at least like we'll spit it true to you on some things. But like, how do you look at this even as a Celtics fan and say this is Luka's fault? Completely, like a hundred percent Luka's fault. Like I just don't. I don't like we said. I said it last night on the pod. I said, hey, did. Did Jalen Brown make everything happen in that play? No. Did did Luca sell that play some? Yeah, he yeah, did. He, he sells every play. But still, it's still the concept of players run up and down the court all the time and players get out of the way, okay? Luca is running down the court, not looking at where he's going. Jalen Brown is standing right there. Not only is he standing there and doesn't get out of the way, but he literally turns. You can, I mean, like... And lowers the shoulder some. Slides like, his feet. You can tell he moves and slides his feet. Yes. Like, how How can you honestly look at this and say that this is, like, all on Luca or something? Like, get so, out of here. Come on. So here's my take on it. Luca wasn't looking where he was going. He wasn't. But Jalen does make an effort to move into Luca's, you know, where he his path. 
and he lowers his shoulder down into Luca. So you're thinking, all right, so they they both did something stupid. Jalen initiated the contact though, and you you. you Jalen's head is facing forward. So in his peripherals, even if he wasn't looking directly at Luca, he could see Luca coming. Yeah. And why else would he move his shoulder down and try and go into somebody unless he knew that he was coming towards him? And his quote after the game, this is from Gary Washburn, uh, Jalen Brown on the collision with Luca Doncic. I wasn't even looking at him. He was running up the court and he wasn't looking where he was going, which by the way, if you weren't looking at him, how did you know he wasn't looking at where he was going? When he ran into me, I wasn't going to fall, so I was like, "Man, get out of my way." To me, that that's the scene. that mindset and that mindset backs up what actually happened. <laughs> he didn't want to get ran over, so he's like, "Hey, get out of my way!" Like, okay, that makes sense. Like, so why you made you... a move? You made a football exactly. play. <laughs> exactly. You just lowered your shoulder some, and you know, it wasn't a full-on Earl Campbell let me run you over, but it was like just a dip the shoulder, like. You obviously, you stood your ground. You saw him coming out of your peripherals, whether you wanted to make an aggressive move and just take him out yeah. or not. No, it was probably more like, hey, I'm not going to get ran over right now, so I'm going to lower my shoulder and stand my ground and make him fall before I fall. And, like, I get that mindset, but don't try to, like, come on, get out of here. Like, you should have just got out of the way <laughs> instead of trying to, like, I mean, that's just a cheap shot. Like, players run up and down the court every single possession and point guards especially are trying to go back to get the ball. He's not even a point guard. Why is he, like, trying to, like, whatever? <laughs> yes, completely. He continues and said he definitely flopped, absolutely, but we're in his arena, so he got that call. Okay. 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 I actually like Jalen Brown a lot, too, as like I do too. a player and, like, everything. I wish the Mavericks could go get him somehow. Um, but uh, now, now, I don't know. That's a little iffy now. Mavs fans want, uh, want to. Want oh, they to, would uh, forgive all of this in a second. Yeah, if they can forgive In one it, second, they'd, they'd be saying, oh, look at look at Jalen Brown's stats. He's, you know, he's on the same path as Paul George. DeAndre being in a Mavs uh, uh, jersey and Mavs fans uh, cheering for him in the arena um, sets the stage for anyone <laughs> yes. uh, to ever be able to come back like or to come play. So it doesn't matter who you are. Well, well, except for Rondo, but still. That's the only one that's probably off limits, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've talked to players that have said a couple summers ago they they wanted Rondo. They they mentioned Rondo or suggested Rondo and then they got they got shot down. <laughs> Very quickly, yeah. very some, quickly. Some players that did not know the full extent and weren't to, and weren't uh, there at the time. Yeah, obviously uh, to Rondo's tenure in Dallas, uh, that was uh, quite a funny story. All right, let's take a break, and when we come back, let's talk about Trey Young versus Luca. It's not really verse; it's just Trey Young and Luca. Okay, Isaac. So Trey Young said something recently about Luka Doncic. What did he say? All right. And, so and, and why? Okay. Why so would and, he say this? <laughs> Andrew Sharp, uh, for the rights for Sports Illustrated, did this. It was a really great uh, feature story on Trey Young, and uh, I thought it was really good, a good story. And you know, I saw this tweet, uh, I saw this quote come out. Uh, I guess back last week when the story came out. You know, the quote's been out there for a bit, and it's circling Twitter and stuff. But it's one of those quotes to where I, I told myself before I say anything about it, and this is what we should all know. Whoever's listening. This is some of my biggest advice to you. I give to you in uh, just looking at stories and Twitter and all this stuff. Please go read content before you believe quotes and stuff, uh, because that was my thing. Yeah. I'm like, I want to see this content, because I want to see the context around this because 
if 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 Luca or I mean if Trey Young was asked straight up, hey, who's gonna be better, you or Luca? Like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Like, you know, players want to be confident about saying, yeah, well, I feel like I'm going to be a better player. Like, stuff like that. Okay, cool, bro. Like, you be confident. But this is where context comes into play because it was not that. And that's where it got interesting for me. And I'll read it it quote for quote from, or word for word for you here. And he was asked uh, basically about the comparison thing of, hey, like, you know, the whole story around Trey Young and Luca and why they're going to be compared forever and all this stuff. Trey Young says, the thing with Luca, Young says, this is straight from the story. He is a great player. I don't understand why it can't work out for both situations. I hear Atlanta made a mistake all the time. Luca's a great dude, and I think he's going to be a really good player. Okay. Wouldn't it listen. be funny if Vince Carter is sitting next to him and saying, Man, Atlanta made a mistake drafting you. Every time he misses a shot or a three or takes a bad shot, just to get in his head, like, man, Atlanta really messed up on that one. <laughs> just to get to him, motivation. <laughs> uh, but, like, here's my thing. He could have just stopped after situations, okay? Like, he's he's talking about it, and he said, the thing with Luka, he's a great player. I don't understand why it can't work out for both situations. Bam. There's a solid quote, you know, like, hey, why, why does it have to be a verse? Like, why does it have to be me against him? Because they obviously like each other. You know, we've seen Luca tweet out about him and him doing good and like stuff like that. Like he could have ended the quote right there at situations and tried to take somewhat of the target off of their backs or off of his back specifically of this comparison game because people are, you know, will always try to compare him. But here's the thing. He put he adds fuel to the fire. Yeah. You add you br- you make the target on your back so much bigger when you expand this quote. <laughs> and after he says Luca's a great dude, I think he's going to be a really good player. Trey Young says, but at the same time, I'm going to be a better <laughs> but, player. But just <laughs> and I'm like, oh snap, bro. No, like you this like context matters in this because you're just saying this now. You wouldn't ask this. <laughs> you you're just saying this. Just because of my ability to stretch the floor, get others involved, I think I'll be better. You're so you you're going with that your advantage over Luca is that you can stretch the floor. Did you know can can Luca stretch the floor? Well, here's here's uh, my thought on that specific statement is that uh that Trey Young shoots these 30-footers. We've seen him. We've seen him hit a 30-footer to win a game the other, like last week. Yeah. Th- that's where I think he stretched the floor a little more than Luka. Now, Luka has hit some really long threes, too, but he does, Trey Young does stretch the floor a little bit more than Luka just that's because be, of his that's crazy your argument, range. But that's no, your go-to it, it's, it's argument a, if you're a player? It's, it's not a huge argument. And then getting others involved, he's averaging more assists than Luka. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, Luka had eight assists in his first game as point Luka, so... If Luca runs at the point more, I guarantee you his this is assist would be right there. This is true. If John Collins was a point guard, then this would not be a conversation. If Toy and Prince ran the point guard, um, but now it, that's that's the only thing with it is, you know, there's a lot of people out there saying, "Hey, why do we have to compare the guys? Let's just both sides be happy. Both sides got the guy they wanted. Let's just leave it at that and all this stuff. And both players, if they can be respectful about it and be like, oh, we, you know, support each other." then maybe it'll just die down. It'll always be compared, but it might be, you know, die down some. I don't feel like Mavs fans have really talked about Trey Young at all. This we season. don't talk about it because it ain't no threat. We don't talk about him. We, I mean, we don't talk about him on the podcast, and we're essentially just fans with <laughs> with microphones. And 
I haven't heard anybody, you know, on Twitter talk about him. It's not in my mentions. I don't know if it's in yours. Oh, I haven't seen it mentioned no. on, you know, from the the big fan accounts that I follow. I haven't seen. I don't even like, think about Trey Young until I see a story about him or somebody tweeting his like three point shooting stats on Twitter. How he's like one for I don't know eighty eight for the you know past three games or something on three. <laughs> you, like, you either say oh that's cool or oh dang that stinks for him. Yeah, I don't even think twice about it because Luca's the best player in the draft. We're confident that he will be the best player in this draft long term, and that like I mean we got the guy that the Mavericks wanted. Like, yeah, I don't even yeah I don't even think twice about you know Trey Young. I think it's because there's no scenario where Trey Young was actually going to stay on the Mavericks. It's not. It's not as if the Mavericks decided to trade Luca for Trey Young yeah. and they were going to keep, you know, or trade Trey Young for Luca and they were going to keep Trey Young if the the Hawks decide not to do that deal. They would have picked somebody else. So that's I think part of the reason because we have Wendell you know, Carter the, Jr. The, the Mavs would have had Wendell Carter, but uh, and uh, <laughs> and Zion um, probably. <laughs> oh, but, by the by the way, let's let's finish with this. I don't know. Good morning, Dennis Smith Jr. Hope you had a great night last night and uh, drink lots of fluids today. <laughs> uh, it was Dennis's birthday, twenty um, first birthday uh, over the weekend. So uh, yeah, shout out to Dennis for turning twenty one. Super happy for him. I think he had a party here in Dallas uh, back a few days ago. He's starting to so. tweet. He's starting to tweet right now. Let's do it. He tweeted at Harry Giles, who gave him a happy birthday tweet, and he said, "Love you, family." Harry Giles is his boy, both Carolina boys. Uh, what's super funny about that is, do you remember media day uh, last year at his very first media day? Somebody asked him who's going to be the rookie of the and year. He and he said Harry Giles. He said Harry Giles. And everybody's like, I forgot. what on earth? Is he even going to play? Jason Terry, the Jet, tweeted at him, happy birthday, young one. And he responded, preach, OG. Uh, preach. Heartstrings. All right. Jet. There you go. That's a Monday pod. Bunch of random stuff. Bunch of stuff, kind of news and notes that we wanted to sort through. And uh, let us know what you think about the podcast. Let us know what you think about the Luca and Jalen moment. Let us know what you think about the Trey Young quote at Nick Van Exit, at Isaac L. Harris, at Locked On Mavs. We appreciate all the feedback. And man, another great week of podcasts. And uh, here we go. Rockets another, on win- Rockets on Wednesday. Another week coming. Uh, you know, we'll have another podcast coming out Tuesday. Obviously, uh, I think we have a fun topic uh, for Tuesday. Oh, we that do. Yes, a bunch of you uh, will really enjoy us diving into. So that'll be fun. Look forward to that on Tuesday. Obviously, Rockets. James Harden first matchup with James Harden. What will Mavs Twitter do if Luka Doncic breaks James Harden's ankles in a in, in one of his crossover moves? Luka seems like he is just up for these big moments, and I am super pumped for him. And uh, you know he's going to be excited to go against Harden and Chris Paul. Then he gets, you know, LeBron later in the week on Friday. And then the Clippers come to town on Sunday, which would be cool. There's one last thing. At the game on uh, yesterday, before the Celtics game, if you were in the arena, there was an incredible video shown on Luka Doncic. And I don't know, like, it wasn't Mavs made. It wasn't on our side. Um, because I was actually sitting with Bobby Crawler when we were watching it, and we're like, I was like, have you seen this? And he's like, I haven't seen it. Like, we, we didn't know where, where they got it from, but it is remarkable. If it, it starts from when Luca is a little boy, and it is showing his highlights in, like, these little league games going up through, like, middle school and high school and him catching lobs when he's, like, a, I mean, just 
teenager out there and some of the crazy plays he pulls off and it just documents really his life uh, heading up until when he gets older if you have that video tweet us at tweet that at me because I want to see that I have not seen that on Twitter yet shared at all um, but I want to see that again it was really really well made and uh, I would love for Mavs Twitter would absolutely love it completely agree let us know if you saw it Thanks for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom.